What's up, everybody? This is Marlins in-game host, Mike B., and you're listening to Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast with Peter Pratt. Cheers from the 305. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Fish Across the Pond, and it's a Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me today, the UK Goats are back in full force. In the leadoff spot, of course, Lee Dobbs. Lee, how are we? I'm as good as always. Good man, good man. In the number two spot now, uh, his rightful spot in the two spot seemingly, the beard to be feared. Sean Barrett returns. Sean, how are we? Yeah, pretty good. Cheers, Pete. Um, yeah, uh, straight off, straight off the game. So it should be a fun podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, if you like your pitching and you don't like your offense, then then yeah, there's there's plenty to get into. But yeah, you're right. We're into. We record this as always now on Tuesday evenings. Um, so we're fresh off a game. We're post game live, so to speak. Um, no players joining us though, by the way. So that's the only bogey. I'll work on that for next time. Um, clean up spot, of course. Rob Newell, how are we doing, Rob? Feeling cool and calm as a base is loaded. Dylan Lee, yeah. Well, he dealt with that pretty well in the end. He got himself in a, into a bad spot and uh, got himself out of it with a strikeout and a double play. I mean, it's like Brandon Kinsler all over again, isn't it? You know. There we go. So awesome, guys. Great to be back. We're into the cycle now. The cycle is rolling. This is week two of our 2021 coverage. Every Tuesday, Fish Across the Pond will be here for you guys around about 11 p.m. dropping UK time, which is about 6 p.m. Eastern, I guess. So looking forward to it. Guys, here's the main news since we last spoke. Spring training started. Spring training is here, kicked off. Your Miami Marlins are still unbeaten. Three games unbeaten. What a start. I mean, absolutely what a start. But firstly, before we get into actual on-field stuff, uh, Lee Dobbs needs... Actually, no, 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 hold on a minute. Sean, merch man, the new merch man. We've got it. We've got something going. We've got this buzz going. The spring training blues, should they be adopted into the main rotation of Marlins jerseys? Because we hashtag don't lose with the blues or something like that. Yeah, we might need to work on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the blue jerseys are, are, are beautiful. Um, when the Marlins did the new colour system, um, I thought they were you know, very uh, crisp and clean got rid of some of the gaudier colours from the pre- previous regime, but mm. it's Miami. You need a little bit of gaudy. Um, and the blues, they, they do pop, I think. The fans like them. I heard Donnie say that the players like prefer the black, um, but the, the blue, I think, you know, we play well in them. They look good. Um, you know, they should be flying off the shelves come the season. Let's get them into the rotation. They look awesome. They, to be fair, when, when we spoke to Miggy last spring, Miggy was all over the blues, if I recall correctly. Um, but, I mean, the blacks are awesome too. I, I mean, I've got both of them, and they both look awesome. But I, it's something about those spring blues with the white trousers. They just look awesome. And the sun's out, right? Because they're kind of the shirts, the jerseys match the Miami, you know, the Miami uh, blue sky. Looks well. Looks a bit like Rob Newell's background, actually, on... Uh, on his uh, Zoom background. So um, let's see. I mean, let's not dwell too long on the on the jerseys, but good to good to hear from our new merch expert, Sean Barrett, dropping into that. And I think he's effectively given it the thumbs up. So Lee Dobbs, Lee Dobbs, the Marlins unbeaten after three games. Um, here's the high level counts for you. Four home runs in three games, two oppo with the boppos, one earned run. It's only spring, 
But what has jumped out for you so far, buddy? Yeah, you know, it's been a been a very you know good start. As, as I say, four home runs. Probably the most the most you know, striking thing has been has been the pitching. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's been lights out so far. Which, I mean, obviously, when I'm one of the people who don't take much stock in spring training, you know, stuff uh, early on, but you know, it, you know, it's been encouraging. Uh, you know, Sandy looked look good. Mm-hmm. Pablo looked good. You know, I mean, we obviously they they're locks, you know, to be in the rotation you know, anyway. I mean, Castano looked you know, look decent again. You know, so, so maybe so maybe he's he's pushing for for a spot. Yeah, I, I'd say from the first first three games, obviously the most encouraging thing you know, has been been the like pitching. Yeah, well, only one earned run through three games. I mean, clearly it's seven inning games, right? So you're not getting the full nines, but yeah, start... with, is it 20, uh, 20 scores now you know, in a row? So you know, There good. you go. Exactly, because they, they, they conceded a run in the first inning of the yeah. first game, I think. Castano um, gave up one. So I think you're right. That's it's 20, 20 scoreless. So nice run. And, you know, particularly because the... You know, the starters are only going two innings, right? They've got an innings um, limit of two. Um, so you, you're right. Good to good to call it out. Sean, what's gotten you most pumped so far? Um, what about talk to me about this offense and you know some of these some of these bombs we've seen. Yeah, I mean you referenced it by saying it is only spring. Um, but you know, baseball's back, which which is what we all want. Um, and to get, you know, like you said, two opposite field home runs, a home run off Brinson. I don't want to say too much about that because I want to leave that one for you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you heard some of the sort of the sound, because there's not too many fans there. You heard some of the sounds from the, you know, from the other players as, as uh, Chisholm around the bases. So the team's just excited to be playing, excited to be back, just as excited as we are to watch it. So, yeah, let's let's not sort of look too far into the numbers yeah. and say you know this player did that, this player did this. It's it's about the players getting their getting their games in, getting warmed up, yeah, um, and a little bit of excitement here and there. Hey, you're right to call that out. the The main difference is you've got real fan noises, like real instant fan noises. The one thing when I watched the Lewis Brinson home run back, I think the Marlins put they must have had. Um, someone filming it from their side and uh, they posted on their Twitter account and it was awesome because clearly it was a no doubter. Like it was a no doubter, but clearly the fans it reacted like it was a no doubter as in it was the, the, the crack of the bat and immediately the fans were just going insane. Like, you know, the kind of background noise with the delayed, maybe like a delayed hype woo, after the end doesn't quite do it justice. Right. So you're right to call that out. That is the main difference from last year that you've got real crowd, real crowd noises. And I think that will, that will help the Marlins. The boys are riding a wave right last year and seemingly they've brought that into spring. Next thing is there's more Marlins fans in the stands. Um, there's a bit of buzz. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good thing for the Marlins uh, going into the season. What about you? Yeah, for sure. Um, like we saw last year, sort of coming into sort of late end of the season, we're in a playoff chase. We've got six to throw in some really important games. If there were fans there last year, I think we would have had a lot of people come into the ball, ball game just for, you know, try it out, see what it's like, see mm. what these guys can do and walk away going, do you know what? I enjoyed that. I'm going to do that again. We're going to we're going to create some new fans in the Miami area. And yeah, the, the, I can understand the frustration with across the fan base with pre, previous regimes. But I think we are starting to turn heads now. Starting to make people see these aren't the Marlins of the lawyer era. Yeah. Fair, Rob Newell. Uh, from your perspective, what well what stood out to me was we've had a touchdown Tommy sighting. Uh, in game one, I think he came in. I mean, it wasn't a save situation. Actually, no, was it a save situation? I don't think it was. No, no. Well, uh, anyway, he was there in the closer role, let's say, uh, of what yeah. of that game. Um, 
Yeah, it was really, really good to see him out again. Obviously, one of my favourite players, and um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him at the Triple A with the Jumbo Shrimp. And yeah. interesting enough, having Dylan Lee there today, there's two um, save that they're both going to get save opportunities at Triple uh, A. Um, so um, it's, it'd be interesting just to see how they both perform. But at the moment, obviously, Dylan Lee got himself in a bit of a jam and got out a bit. Tommy was a lot, lot smoother. Um, yeah, just good to see him again. And good to see those guys pitch because they've had a year out, basically. Yeah. And um, so it's one of the things that I've taken away from these three days is what good shape everybody looks in and what good form everybody looks in, especially those players that didn't really get a lot of action last year uh, mm-hmm. at all. So, um, you know, that's one of my, my sort of big takeaways from it. Um, and, um, and so far, the pitching all the way through has looked all right, but it is so, so early days and, and everybody's still kind of, you know, you know, everyone's warming up. But some yeah. of the velocity that we were seeing coming through has been really, really promising. I thought, you know, you know, Pablo looked like Pablo. It, it didn't look like spring training, Pablo warming up. And, you know, Lopez before, where he's come back from injuries, he's had issues going through the minor leagues and been hit about a bit. But he just looked, he's like, he just looked, the team looks like it, what it was at the end of last season. It looks like the winter never happened. They're, they still all look the same. And some of them looked even a bit more fired up. Actually, just one thing I will take away um, from today's game was Jose Devers mm. and he had two walks and then it was in the fifth inning where Brian Navarretto and Monte Harrison had come in against Matthew Libertor and they've kind of like swatting flies and then Devers came in with a really cool head he'd already got a really good walk earlier on um, and and that you know it is interesting we were saying last week about you know second base between sort of you know is it Jazz is it Ezon Diaz and we said, well, not so worried about, you know, the others will be in AAA and give them opportunities. But he's looked really, really patient at the plate today. Yeah. And he's somebody who can play all over the infield. He can be second base, shortstop or third base. So um, that's an interesting one to look out for. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, pre-game, Donnie was asked about uh, Devers playing at third. Um, I think Ethan Badowski might have asked him. And he said you know, it was he's there purely for at bats. They don't see him profiling as a as a third baseman long term. But it was purely just you know to get him in the game and get him some abs. Um, but he just I think in summary though he said you know he's going to be a player. Um, he's uh, <laughs> he's really grown up a lot I think since since he joined the organization. He he was saying that you know maybe he was 150 pounds like soaking soaking wet when he first joined the organization has kind of filled out a bit and grown up. So, um, you know, interesting, I guess on the flip side, uh, Peter Burdick was also um, uh, talking to the media today as well. And uh, he, he's, I think on the other end of that scale for sure, just looks an absolute, an absolute monster or Patrick Burdick, I think is the, uh, is the joke there where there's been some, uh, some challenges, let's say with the other communications team or whatever, but um yeah, it's been it's been an interesting start uh, from from the Marlins in general. The pitching, you're right, has been good. Sandy, though, Rob, like for me, Sandy just strolled on in and just started throwing heat straight away. Like he was just up, but like you know, he looked like he was ready for opening day already. If I'm honest, yeah, um, and it's it's really clear that that Sandy, Pablo, and pretty much I haven't seen anybody sort of not, not perform well. Um, Anthony Bender came in, didn't he? Throwing up to 98. Mm. And he's somebody who was sort of, you know, uh, someone we brought in. So you don't quite know how his off season has kind of, of has been. Um, but yeah, um, uh, that, that's, that's the, from what you could see of those clips of Sandy, it just looked normal. Yeah. And um, it just looks like he's on it. Obviously, a couple of, he had a couple of hits and you expect that in spring training, spring training in effect is, meaningless at looking at the, the, the finer detail it's just about what shape they look like they're in yeah and it just does not look any different from last year just um just changing something slightly on the picture what was quite nice to see adam simba uh, pitch today and just having those flashbacks of brad ziggler i know oh, he's not quite God. an underarm he's more of a sidearm yeah but it, it is something completely different and but it does make me wonder why there isn't more pitches that pitch that way um yeah. but isn't he going to be i think it'd be really useful for us this year 
agreed. I mean, it's just another look, right? I think that's the thing with with Simba. It's just not a look that you see regularly and, you know, makes, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's just harder to adjust to, right? I guess on the fly. So I think he's a really interesting pickup, actually. Um, like you said, it's, I, he talked about that as well, saying that one of his inspirations was Brad Ziegler, when he was, you know, honing his craft, which makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, there was, <laughs> there was definitely some hairy moments from Zig when uh, he was obviously in that closer role. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> that Braves game comes to mind <laughs> from a few years ago. But anyway, let's let's move on from Braves blown saves or whatever, uh, whatever we want to get into. Lee Dobbs, back to you up the at the top of the order here, buddy. Um, one thing that was interesting or one takeaway was the Monday lineup. So yesterday's lineup, um, the Marlins went, I guess, heavy vet is how I'm going to describe it with their lineup. Sandy was also the starter. So you had Sandy starting and then a lineup of Dickerson, Marte, Aguilar, Duval, B.A., Rojas, Isan Diaz, interestingly, and Alfaro and, and, and Brinson. Um, potentially a hint from Donny about what is effectively maybe the A-team and also what could be open, an opening day lineup perhaps with, with those guys. How do you see that? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, obviously, barring any injuries, you know, or, or, or complete loss of form, I think that, that will be the the open, open day lineup. Yeah, you know, and and starter as well. Yeah. I mean, the only yeah. I think the only battle we really have is at second base, really. But yeah, you know, I so so yeah, I I just say it, it, it was in, interesting that. It was it, that it was Isan, you know, and not Jazz mm. who started. So that may be a, a like tip, you know, of the hat to, to kind of the way to, to the way Don is thinking. Yeah, and, and I think as I said last week, I, I think that's the way it will go to begin with. You know, you know and so yeah, I, I think I mean, I, I mean, you know, the, the lineup done well. I mean, I can't, I can't see that being obviously maybe. Cooper could start first, might be only have a change, but I I think it will be, you know, Ag- Aguilar. So yeah, that 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 for me will be the open the open day lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be close to it. Rob, a couple of points I just want to pull out of that actually. Um, just that Lee touched on this, just to follow that up. Um, first base, you know, Cooper Loop and Aguilar. In reality, they're very similar players, right? And both obviously hit from the same side. Um, what's your sense with that one? How do you see that playing out? Because when I look at it, the Aguilar had a nice bounce back year last year for the Marlins, but that was because he knew, I think the thing underlying there was he knew he was playing every day. So that really helped him to come to the ballpark knowing I'm somewhere in the lineup. I'm going to have ABs, regular ABs. And he kind of, you know, kept the momentum going. So, and Cooper Loop though, We've always felt with Coop, if, if he's fit and he's healthy, he's just a straight-up hitter, I think. I mean, he obviously had some big hits in the postseason for us. So how, how do you see this first base playing out? I mean, both guys will obviously be on the roster, but I find it intriguing and whether even one may be traded at some point. I, I, I'm still of the the case that, Obviously, we talked about it. If they, they, this was obviously planned to be a DH, wasn't it? And it was the DH was never there. Yeah. I, you've got a powerful trade chip. However, I still don't think those trade chips will happen until later on in the season, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that the Marlins are not in the race at the point at that point, um, because of injuries. And I think the fact is, if you're in the situation, let's say that Aguilar had been traded and you had Cooper at first base, would our conversation be a bit different about, you know, Cooper has had a few injuries and, you know, is this the opportunity for Lewin Diaz to, mm-hmm. to, to get in? I think our conversation would be completely different. So I wouldn't, this is the thing I know Donnie said today that we're okay with injuries and it's very early days and stuff, yeah. but you only want an outfielder injured and then you could put Garrett Cooper out there. You only want you know, one of the two of them injured. And again, you're in that situation. The case is how much they value Lewin Diaz. 
do they see Luin Diaz being at Triple A to start with? And that then I think you can carry both Aguilar. And also, do you really want to trade Aguilar? He's nearly 300 batting average last year and the power he showed. Yeah. And the same with Cooper. When, when the, the thing that we brought Duval in for was because we did not have enough power in that lineup mm. in what is an incredibly strong division. Are you really going to remove one of your most powerful guys now? Uh, I don't think so. So I think they can both be carried as it stands and platoon. And I, I, it's a long enough season, I think, where you'll find Aguilar at first base quite a bit and Cooper, I think, in and out of that position and maybe going to to, to right field sometimes. Yeah. It, and, and let's not forget, of course, obviously the, there's no DH. So it takes away that three, four ABs for one or the other. But, you know, clearly... No DH means there's more pinch hitting as well, right? So there's still ABs to to have and 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 you know the need for that. And you're right. It's a good point, Rob. They they went out actively seeked a power bat to supplement or augment what they had right now. Um, so why at this stage would you move one? Cooper's on, I think, minimum, league minimum still. Aguilar's at four million, okay, and they made that decision to, to to pay Aggie with another year of control, I think, too. So that's interesting. What about? Let's just flick on a second base uh, quickly, Rob, and I'll, we'll get Lee's take as well. You know, clearly, as as Lee mentioned, it seems to be the main battle. Um, we also touched upon it, but early, you know, here, here's the early signs. Isan hitting wise hasn't really shown anything. The first you know couple of abs. Um, but defensively, he really has. Like uh, that was the one knock we maybe had on him uh, was defensively he'd sh- he'd struggled when he was up at, at the in the bigs in 2019. Um, and then Jazz, I mean, Jazz just made a statement, right? First game, uh, first swing of the bat. I, I, it wasn't the first pitch, but it was his first swing, an absolute tank oppo with the boppo. Um, what a way to start for Jazz Chisholm. I mean, you just for me, I. I I just want Jazz there. I want him around the team. He's just a, he's a lightning bolt, but it's tough. Donnie's already alluded to this, really. That I think only one of the two will will be on the roster, right? That's that's the the sense you get from Donnie is we don't want to carry one of the guys with no abs to give him. We want one of them to be down, getting regular abs and AAA. I think that's the sense. And you got John Birdie, obviously, that covers it. So we. I can't recall where you sat on this one, Rob, before we got into spring, but has anything changed for you? No, I still think it's Ezan Diaz's position yeah. with Bertie as the backup. Yeah. And then um, if if he's off form start of the season, you bring Jazz in. Again, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. Do you think the actual number of starts Jazz has actually physically had for ourselves and, and, and Arizona is, uh, from looking at here, 24 games over a space of, you know, uh, a couple of years as, as career uh, career stats so um you know that's that's not a lot uh really compared to Izan said a bit more experience and he's the guy who's maybe slightly further ahead in development jazz struggled a little bit last year and i know Izan had the problems of he was out for you know he he opted out then he was injured yeah. But um, he will probably get the opportunity, unless he really, really falls off and looks like he's having problems. A bit like that Peter O'Brien situation a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where he was axed just before the season started because his form was not on. And uh, that, I think that I think that was where Garrett Cooper got, got in and got that position, didn't he? It was. So um, I, unless something like that happens, I still think it's the same because they will, you know, Bertie is the super utility player and they can bring him in get Jazz, you know, daily starts at Jacksonville and then bring him up when he's ready. We're in no rush. No. I think it's the other way of putting it. And you can always then swap him about. If he's on as the form with the bat is poor, you can just swap one for the other. Yeah. Um, so I still think that's the case unless we see anything over the coming weeks where it is clear that Jazz is so hot, you've got to keep him in. I, I... I think that's fair. Lee, what about you? And I'll, I'll maybe round up on, on that one, but um, I know you were Isan, you already mentioned it. As, yeah. What's the sense? Here's the question then. What does Jazz have to do? Or does it actually not matter 
in many ways. Like, is do you get the sense that Donny will just roll with Isan anyway because he's already done it at the level? Or what does Jazz have to do to kind of force his way in? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, as Rob, you know, Rob said, unless Isan has, you know, truly, true, truly terrible spring, you know, where, where, where he was lost uh, at the play, I, then I, I don't think that Jazz will, you know, you know, will get 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 the job. You know, I mean, I get. I mean, I guess if he hits something, you know, ridiculous like like you know, five hundred or something, then you know, you know, then maybe. But yeah, I I think it, it would take a lot, you know, you know, for, for for Jazz to win the role now. Yeah, I still think that it's, there's an eye on twenty twenty two that you want East Ham playing at second now because mm. you want Jazz at short in in twenty twenty two. So you don't want Jazz sort of playing now to take away the the bats from from Isan, who then then we, we have this question again in 2022, you know, when we want uh, Diaz to you know, start in, you know, at, at, at second. So I think it's best to see what you know what we've got got with him now, you know, mm-hmm. and and then hope, you know them for you know, for, for next season as you know as well. I think it was interesting that. The opening day, the opening spring day start was Isan at second, the Jazz at short, right? Yeah. I think I think that was intriguing too. Like, you know, how much do you buy into these things? Because you've obviously, you've got Jose Devers at third. Jose Devers yeah. is never playing third base for the Marlins or anyone, clearly. So, you know, you've got to be careful not to take too much of this, like literally. But at the same time, you know, here's what we've seen. You know, this is what Donnie's told us. Um, when the two of them played together, uh, Jazz played at shortstop, of course, as he would. Yeah. When he went with the vet heavy lineup, Isan started at second. And I think probably, guys, that really backs up your views, really, of it's probably Isan's job to lose, I think is probably the right yeah, way of describing it now. Yeah. You know, if yeah. Isan hits under 100, you know, if he's, if he, like you said, if he's terrible, clearly it's not happening. And Jazz is, you know, still hitting up over the boppos, then, you know, you've got to ride the hot hand. But, you know, there's plenty of water to go in that bridge. But one thing I must say is Isan's defense has looked nice. Um, and he looked a little bit, I think nervous might have been the best description when he was up, which is understandable, you know, first time in the bigs and et cetera. So I think it's nice to see him take that leap. Um, Rob, one other, I guess, area of discussion, just to round up position wise, uh, roster construction wise, I want to just touch on the outfield because, you know, we know, we know what we've got in terms of starters that the payroll tells us the starters with Dickerson, Marte and Duval. They're the everyday, let's say outfield. Um, Mag Sierra has no options. And I think the Marlins clearly like, a lot of what he does and his versatility. So where does that leave Lewis Brinson? And can the Marlins carry a fifth outfielder? Are they going to want to carry a fifth outfielder? Again, although this sounds like a bit of a a cop-out answer, again, it's all to do with injuries and where we truly are, where the season starts. If any of the outfielders get injured, then it's an easy easy answer isn't it because but it becomes a more difficult answer when you get the whole outfield back it depends how they're going to fit the whole squad into what they're going to carry forward for day one and that's that's going to be the interesting thing um is it going to be you know actually we're carrying brinson we want the extra outfielder Mm. Um, the thing is, is that there's not in that outfield that we've got, there's not many options of putting any outfielders infield. So you haven't got anybody who's got really that option to move back and forth. That is pretty set. And is it the fact that Brinson starts in AAA? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I'll have to look this up how many options he has left. Just the one. One, yeah. So if that's the case, then it may be that they may say, if, if it's getting a bit of a, uh, let's say, a, a squad jam mm-hmm. as we get to the uh, start of the season, they may put him down into AAA, see how it goes. With Magnery Sierra, it's um, it's a bit, it's always that dangerous thing with him. The only reason why he's kept in is because his bat heated up last year. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. He's got the tools in regards to the, the fielding, the speed, the stolen mm. bases. Um, um, well, the fielding to start with was always it was a little bit suspect when he first joined, but you know, that had really, really firmed up. It really was with the bat. If he is suddenly hot with the bat, then you've got that ultimate player that Jeter and Mattingly have always been looking for in the fact that they want athletic players that yep. can do everything. Not just they're good with the bat, but they're good at the bat, they're good fielding, um, they can steal bases. Just just to, as we're always going to be a low scoring, you know, get the, the runs sort of gradually, you know, here and there rather than, you know, big thrash away and loads and loads of home runs. That's the type of player you've got. Um, so it really does depend on the form on, through spring training of Brinson and Sierra, the, the fitness of the outfield, and then where we get to as we, we head towards day one, mm -hmm. and it will make the decision. And so if everything's good, I think Brinson may start in AAA unless he's had a super, super hot spring. Yep. Uh, but I can't see them just turning mags away now um considering what he was like last year yeah yeah i i think mags uh mags makes the roster i i, I think it's it's inked in in my opinion just because a he has no options and secondly is when you think of that that outfield particularly the corners right i know Corey dickerson won a gold glove previously listen Corey Dickerson to me doesn't really look like a gold glove uh, corner outfielder um, he looks pretty suspect if I'm honest and I can't recall what Duvall's like in the field either but he's a big guy I think and so you know listen there's going to be times when you're going to need a little bit more speed out there defensively um, and you may get you know that so for me Mags is in and that's also why I think Brinson also is in where they'll go we need the max speed outfield. Do you remember sometimes last year where they had some of those max speed outfields with, you know, a mix of match of Mags, Monte, Brinson, just, you know, fielding everything. Um, so I think Lewis gets it. You know, listen, I think Lou, Lou's a big part of the Marlins now in the clubhouse. He's a big, big part um, of what they do. And I'm not sure that they'd go down the path of sending down now at this stage in, in his kind of Marlins development. I'm not clear what value that would add or whether it would have an adverse effect, which I think it would either way. Listen, the Lou started off hot. I mean, that was an, that was an absolute bomb. If Statcast was there, it would have started with a five. Yeah. Um, it was hugely one of that, that home run was. He looked good, didn't he? Yeah. His positioning looked good. He Where did. he all looked a bit sort of awkward and, and sort of, I don't know how to put it, sort of slightly sort of lanky and he's basically I I'm I'm a similar height to him. So I Yeah, know. he's a big guy. So, yeah. So it's kind of he, he looked quite awkward. He now looks like he's got a really good stance. He um, looked settled, yeah. didn't he? It just looked yeah. like a strong base. That was the thing when I was like like that's a good point, Rob. When you look at Lou now in his batting stance, it looks just a real solid base. And he's just seemingly using more of his lower half. I mean, there's guys that I talk with all the time. They, they're great on swing analysis and all that type of stuff. It's not my bag. So, um, but it's just like you said, with a naked eye, you look at it and go, it looks like he's just got more potential for power there. Just the way he's set. So it's intriguing. So I, 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 I think they carry both. I asked Donnie specifically about it a couple of days back on, on where he saw it. Clearly Birdie can play out there too, but I just, I look at this and I think Birdie's inked in, Mags is inked in. Um, you've got a backup catcher, so that's that's three of what you you carry five bench guys. Do you carry five? You probably do. Um, so that leaves you with, you know, Brinson plus uh, the first base um, platoon. So that's your. I think that's your that's your roster. I think the roster is already set actually. Other than, you know, other than Isan and, and Jazz, and I think we're going to go Isan because. Yeah, he's he's earned that right thus far, and as long as he doesn't fall off in spring, then I think that's the way we'll go. I I can't see anyone like Lee. Who who else could we carry as a position player, like bench position player, if we don't uh, carry Brinson? I'd say uh, for me, yeah, that, that will be the you know, like, you know the, the roster. You know, touch on what you know, for what we said. I, I don't think we we get much from from Stadium Brinson down now. 
I mean, no. how many years have, have, have we been in now? What was this? Fourth year? So it'd be like this the is fourth, fourth year, year yeah. yeah, where we've done the same thing. We send him down, you know, he looks good, you know, in the minors. I mean, we, we, we know that, that that he can hit, you know, in the minors. I mean, we, we, we've, we've seen it now. So now is the time, I think, to, you know, to really see, you know, if he can can do it. So for me, yeah, he, you know, he has to make to make to make to make the team 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 from the spring. Yeah, and if that if that that, that, that is the fifth out outfielder, I just say he he will be, you know, enough, you know, a you know, a b's you know, right, to, to to make it work. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. The the time is now, you know, you know, for, you know, for Brinton. Yeah, I I agree. And and listen, that's a nice segue to where where I want to go next because. Another absolute stud, right fielder JJ Bladé, yeah. uh, on opening spring day, delivered an oppo with a boppo also. Um, yeah. So that was that was great to see. And listen, JJ Bladé, he's coming. He is coming strong. Uh, he's not going to crack. He's not going to crack it opening day. I, I don't believe he'll crack it opening day because of what we just talked about. But Lee, give me your percentage of whether we see Bladé in 2021 up in the big club? I'd like to say 100. I, I do think we will. We will, yeah. I, I mean, but I'll, I'll play safe and say 85%. I, I think we will see him by August. Yeah. Because, I mean, did you see his his double play, you know, you know, like, you know, in, in tonight's game. Yeah. I mean, he's got an arm as, you know, arm as well, you know, you know to, to go with the bat. Now, if anything, we can, you know, you know, trade one of the, the, the corners, you know, you know, yeah, bring him up. So yeah, for me, we will see him. I'm, I'm unsure. Yeah. Rob, what about you uh, percentage wise? And also if we are to see him, what's the pathway? Is it, is it predominantly via trade? after the deadline and we've moved on either, well, probably Dickerson is the most likely, I guess. Duval, we've got an option too, but... So if all goes to plan, then what will happen is um, he will have a really good AAA season in AAA. Yeah. And uh, we will then trade um, Dickerson, you know, well, it could be Duval as well. Um, It could even be Marte. It depends what we're going to get back as returns. Assuming at that point that we're all fit and healthy, that outfield is, assuming at that point that we are not in the running, because if we are in the running mm-hmm. and we do surprise a few teams, then it could be different. They might hold him on, hold him back, but it's a long season. There'll be injuries. There'll yeah. be lots of opportunities for him to come up as long as he has a, a decent season. Next season, I expect him to be the everyday starter in that position. I, I don't see uh, that that's the plan. Uh, I, I pretty much think that's where the veterans will will leave us, apart from maybe having one in there to kind of anchor that 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 outfield. But that's where I see him everyday left field. Yeah, I I agree. I see uh, I see Blade being the opening day an opening day starter for for the Marlins in 2022. I think that that looks likely more than uh, more than not. And and that's the the makeup of the outfield right now is effectively all three starters if we assume it is Dickerson, Marte, Duval, all three could potentially not be there. Two of them have expiring deals and one has an option that I think actually it's a uh, it's just a way of manufacturing the money. I think actually the way they've done that with Duvall, I, I think most likely it is a one-year deal, um, but clearly the DH is coming again or maybe coming. And so I guess that gives the Marlins the option if they want to turn Duvall into a, a DH type, which I think would suit his profile too. Um, you know, So the Marlins have got tons of options. The other thing, guys, for me for spring, my main takeaway before we just will wrap things up here with some free agent talk, just the the main thing is guys, just the excitement levels, like how many young studs are there? There's just so many, like every, every game, there's a different lineup and it's just full of talent of real talent. Particularly the out, the outfield is insane. The amount of outfielders there, there's like, have been like 10 or 12 in, in three games that you look at and go, you could be a starter in 2022. Like, you know, it's, it's 
possible. So the bullpen, you know, the pitching's been great. The, the starters, the, the starters that we know of making the rotation have been good. Like, really, it's been pretty much pitch perfect for the first three games. It truly has. Um, and, yeah, there's been some guys who've, who've hit some home runs, which is nice. But, you know, for me, it's just the, the depth of talent is showing now. And it's really showing. Like, when I look at the other clubs, the other teams you're playing, and they're mixing and matching in guys. Granted, I don't follow their teams as closely. But I look at it and I think, the Marlins are ahead in terms of depth of talent, like significantly ahead. So a lot of fun. Guys, we're going to finish up with uh, one final question. And uh, I put this out on Twitter in advance. Was just straight up, if you could sign one free agent to supplement what we have right now, who would it be? Twitter response was heavily weighted, I'll describe it as, the starting pitcher. Um no one gave me percentages on like how much did they, how much do we need one? But if it, you know, the answer was if we were to upgrade or add, it would be for a, a vet SP. So um, that's what Twitter's telling us. Someone else fired up about Puig. He's still out there too. Right. But I think with Puig, I mean, we've, we've got too many outfielders anyway, you know, I don't think that's happening. So let's, let's put that one in the bin. So guys, these are the these are the free agents that I've seen. Listen, let me run through some names and just see if we could see this happening because uh, I don't think we have. I get the sense that the rotation's kind of shaping up already. Anyway, um, is the way things are playing out. But here's who we've got: we got uh, Odorizzi is knocking around. Um, pretty pretty Ricky Rick Porcello, uh, Homer Bailey. Uh, Annabelle Sanchez, maybe for uh, you know old school. Cole Hamels. Uh, here's here's what I put in in capitals because he's he's been linked to the Marlins historically. But Gio Gonzalez is he yes. still available? Still he, available. He's he's my yeah he is and he's the one I'd bring back. You take you bring him in. Yep, I bring him. I bring I bring him back. He had a bad season last year. Um, I think his he, ERA ballooned up to nearly five. Oh, he wasn't boy. as effective than he had been, but he showed some really, really good seasons um, with, okay. uh, I think he was with Boston, wasn't he? I'm trying to think where else he was. Um, uh, well, he last was White year, Sox last year. Mil- yeah, sorry, he was, he was, um, uh, yeah, that's it. Yes. So, um, yeah, so he, he, he's just somebody who I, I think is a really good option, experienced um, has had quite a few, as I say, good seasons of low ERA. Is known to go go long distance, uh, you know, you know, six seven innings. Okay. Kind of the, the, the in just a, a a reliable innings eater. But did was last year a sign that he's kind of dropped off a bit. I think that's that's the fear. Yeah, it looks like actually he was with the with the White Sox. I think actually spent uh, last year. He was with the Nats. Bit of bit of brewer time, but uh, looks like with the White Sox, Geo started started four games, um, pitched out of the pen as well. Like, you know, I guess that's maybe where he's at with his career right now is, you know, start a long man type of role. You know, I, it's an interesting option. I mean, I, I actually didn't see him pitch at all last year, so I have no idea. But I mean. I guess looking, you know, what the listeners can't see, I'll come to you in a sec, Rob, sorry, but what, what the listeners can't see is the facial reactions of Lee and Rob as I read out those names. Pretty much every name, they were shaking their heads. But Rob, go ahead. I'll tell you the reason why. Jake Adrizi is going to be mega expensive. They're never going to go uh, and shell out the amount of money that they'd need to. No. Um, and the same goes for like uh, Rick Porcello as well. You're, you're still going to be shelling out Five six million. Yeah, it's not well, happening. I, I can't see that happening. No. Anvil Sanchez potentially could be a cheap option um, to come in, but yet again, is, is his age uh, against him? Same thing goes for Cole Hamels. He might be a bit more expensive. It depends where they want to go, and maybe the reason why they didn't splash out on Kinsler and the rest of that is they are trying to save. You don't obviously want to bring in. Uh, we've had the the years of the Vance Whirlies coming in. So players that have had several bad, bad seasons, oh and goodness. we brought them in hoping they're just they're just going to have a good season. 
we don't want that it has to be somebody who is the reliable experienced head who's been there for a long time and i think that's why the, the twitter chatter has been sort of linked around someone like cole hamels who has been there forever and knows what it's like to to play at the top end so that that's a, that's a probably a, maybe even a better uh, uh, example than Gio Gonzalez, but it's got to be somebody of, of, of that ilk, really. Yep. Lee, anything further to add? I mean, when you read out that list, uh, yes. it's pretty yes. uninspiring, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I thought a bit, nothing really. <laughs> I mean, I don't see, <laughs> you know, see any, any of them being an upgrade on, on, on Rogers, you know, because you know, for me, the top four are set. You know, in our own, you know, like, you know, rotation. So it, it would only be a fifth star, and you know, yeah, no, no, none of them really feel, you know, you know, you know, you know with, with much confidence. So, so for me, you know, Rogers or neither, or or you know, Castano, you know, they're they're all better options. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I I, I get the set like reading between the lines, just guesswork, seeing how things are playing out. Um. I'm getting the sense that Nick Neidert's in the driving seat actually to take that spot um, from what we've seen the past few days and what, you know, there's people are asking questions about Trevor Rogers. Mainly the questions are around, you know, where is he? <laughs> Where's Trevor Rogers? You know, what's, what's happening? Um, so I'm wondering if something's, you know, there's something happening a little bit behind the scenes and maybe, you know, there's something, I don't, I don't know, but they're the questions being asked is where is he? You know, we're going to see, uh, we got Eliezer starting tomorrow, off day Thursday. And uh, Donnie said 95%, um, give or take, that Nick Nider will start the game after. So, you know, it's interesting. That means we, we won't have seen Trevor starting a game or pitching yet at all. We, we haven't seen Trevor, have we? No, yet. No, no six though yet either, right? I know Sixto's behind though. I think he was a little no, was he a little bit late? I can't remember. Getting confused now. But anyway, to come back to the question about free agents, you read through that list and really there's just I'm not inspired yeah. by anything. <laughs> like, and that's the, the point Rod made is you're not gonna pay him either. Like the Marlins are not gonna throw five million quid at uh, you know a banged up Ricky Porcello. Like you're just not gonna do it. Like you're gonna pitch Trevor Rogers or Nick Neidert or Braxton Garrett or Dan Castano. So it's, it's the fact if, if if any of the youngsters feel the length of that season, yeah, and that's why you'd want an experience. You know, as I said, you now Gio was there for for years with the with the Nats, and mm. um, and the, the same thing with the experience that Cole Hamels has had. So yeah. it, you know, you've got is that is that the option that they they are looking for. And again, you know, you don't want to sign one of these players and they end up being hopeless, like we yeah. had with Vance Worley. And you think, oh, yeah, we could have had Trevor Rogers in, you know, earning his stripes. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And, yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it's there, Braxton Garrett's there, and the, the train of prospects just keeps flowing underneath. So... You know, yeah. do you, if you remember, remember what happened when we brought up Yamamoto from Double A? Uh, you know, Castano from Double A. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these guys are young, hungry, want to prove themselves. For me, that's a better yeah. mix for this Marlins group now, rather than dropping in. As well, I mean, if they really wanted a veteran, then they they might as well have just kept, you know, you know, Urania. Yeah, but they didn't want to pay yeah, the money either, right? For yeah, Urania. So, yeah, that they will go. Go go for for the cheaper youngster. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, we're just on time. I said we'd finish by ten o'clock, and it is one minute past ten. So, I think um, we've covered everything anyway. Uh, we've given way too much time to um, Gio Gonzalez, Cole Hamels, Ricky Porcello. They've got <laughs> never signing anyway. Vance Worley. Twenty ten again. <laughs> I, I never thought we'd ever mention Vance Worley ever again on this podcast, but we've mentioned him at least five times. Um, you know, Annabel Sanchez didn't even get to Mike Leak, didn't even get there. Um, so, <laughs> um, you for the listeners, you may have noticed that that, that Sean Barrett 
is no longer here. Um, <laughs> he wasn't ejected, uh, but I, I get the sense he's had some Wi-Fi issues. So um, he's, he's dropped off. So uh, Lee, Rob, Sean, when you listen back, <laughs> thanks again, guys. We'll be back, everyone, next Tuesday, of course, for episode 82. Until then, stay safe and go fish. Go fish.